Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. All right, well, let's dive into our message. We're kicking off a brand new teaching series that we are calling The Missing Piece. The Missing Piece. And uh, I'm excited because it's going to go all throughout this month. And I really hope that it's going to get our hearts and, um, and get our lives to, to remember what makes this time of year so incredible. And I can tell you this, it has nothing to do with consumerism, right? There's just so much more to this month and this time of year. And I just pray that we lean in all month long and receive what God has for us. So go with me to the book of Luke, chapter 17. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture, pretty well-known passage of Scripture. And uh, then we're going to get into our message. And I'm really excited because it's Baptism Sunday today. Come on, somebody. Uh, we got people getting baptized right at the end of our message. So we got to go. We got a lot to do. But uh, I'm so excited for life change. We had baptisms in our first service. We got more today. So it's just a great day. So let's read Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and they, call, and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back, praising God in a loud voice. Jesus threw himself at, um, I'm sorry, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said, rise and go. Your faith has made you whole. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you on this simple thought, finding peace in my pieces. Finding peace in my pieces. Let me pray for you one more time. Father, speak to us today. Your word is already anointed. I pray, Father, that its delivery would be. I pray for every heart and mind to receive your word. And as I speak to this audience, would you speak individually to every person, speaking exactly what they need to hear from you in this season of their life with whatever needs that they have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing with on your feet with me through that. I want to talk about peace. And uh, before we do that, let me just share a little bit about my oldest son. My oldest son, his name is Jaden. He is 12 years old. And my son loves Legos. Any parents in the room have a kid that currently either loves Legos or in past tense, they love Legos. So you know what I'm talking about? Like you've, you've seen this uh, lived out in your house as well. well I want to show you some of my son's Legos. They're just going to kind of flash up behind me. But uh, if you were to go into my son's room, you're going to see like shelves of Legos everywhere. I mean, they are everywhere. We are running out of space for Legos in his bedroom. And he's got all of these Legos that are all throughout the walls and uh, they're up on the shelves. And if it was at night, um, what we do is we put this LED lighting in the room. So it's really cool because we're like shooting lighting at the Legos. And if you ever go in in the evening, it's a really cool room. It's a great room. As a matter of fact, uh, 
there's some people when they've ever gone by his bedroom and they kind of peek in, we typically always hear them say, man, that's such a great room. That room looks really cool the way you got your Legos on the shelves all displayed. And, you know, I hope he never forgets who helped them display those Legos. I hope he never forgets who helped them with that LED light. I'm kidding. That's not the point. But, uh, but, um, but that's the way his room is. And um, what, what my son has done is we bought him this desk for school. You know, we got him a desk in his room. Said, son, this is where you do homework. It's not. It's his official Lego building workstation, okay? He's like, he's got trays of parts. It's organized. I mean, my son is really meticulous about his Legos. Well, anyway, I say all of that because over the years of watching my son Jaden build out his Legos, Lego set, Lego set after Lego set, I've learned that what's on the outside of that Lego box looks nothing like what is on the inside of that Lego box, okay? Let, let, me, let me prove it to you. Let me prove it to you. I got some Legos here. We're going to have fun today. So when, when you look at these Legos, you, you see this Lego set, but when you open it, you're left with pieces. Everybody say pieces. You, you don't open the box and have this on the outside. When, when you open this box, what you have here are pieces, and it is the builder's responsibility to use these pieces to build this Lego set. It is the builder's responsibility to build this Lego set. Now, if, if we were to build this, there are one of two ways that we can approach the build, all right? The first way that we can approach the build is we can rip open these two bags of Legos throw them on the desk. Uh, all my OCD people are starting to get anxiety at just the mention of it. We just throw it on the desk. We can completely ignore the manual and just kind of get this box, prop it up. How many of you, when you were a kid, or some of you do this now, when, when you eat your bowl of cereal, you prop up the cereal box and you like look at it meticulously? Anybody do that? I did that. You, you can do the same thing. Just prop open the box like this, leave it there, and just start getting to work, building these pieces just based off of what you see on the box. Now, now that's one way of doing it, right? That's, that's one way. You could highly, highly not recommend it, but you could definitely do it that way. But there's a different way that we can build it, and that is to pull out the manual, okay? And again, all of my meticulous people just said amen. They're like, please, for the love of God, pull out a manual. And, and if you grew up in my household... If you grew up, you see, my, my, my dad, he, he worked in quality assurance. And so if you, growing up in my household, you, you didn't do anything until you first counted all the pieces and made sure you had all the pieces that matched that, what the manual said. How many had a parent like that? They were like, don't, don't, don't start building nothing until you count all the pieces. Anyway, that's just my household. And so, and so you, the better way to build it is to pull out the manual. Now, and I say all that, and you might be thinking, what in the world? I did not come to church for a Sunday school class. Well, that's going to be a point in just a minute. But, but I think what ends up happening is, is, is simply this, is that many of us are trying to build our lives much in the same way like we're trying to build a set of Legos. And, and what we do is we disregard the manual. We have a manual and we don't use it. We, we have a manual and you know to build Legos with a manual. But when it comes to your life, which kind of important, we have a way, tendency to just put the manual aside and to go look at the box instead. Now, you might be asking yourself, what are you talking about, Pastor Joe? What kind of box? Ain't nobody got a box for their life. No, you don't. But you do have social media. 
and is in the screen of your phone. And so what ends up happening lots of times is that when we get on social media, be it Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever it is that you are on, instead of opening up the manual and looking as to how you should design and build your life, we just look at the pictures of other people's boxes. We're just looking at the boxes of other people's lives and we're trying to build it that way. So we have a box called social media and, and we try to build our life according to what we see in other people's lives. Oh, look at their life. Look at their vacation. Look what they bought their kid. Look how their house looks. Look at their decorations. And we end up trying to build something that isn't even ours anyway. So, so here's a problem with that. I think you already know where this is going. But here's a problem when you are building your box, okay, when you are building your life, if you will, based off of someone else. Number one, their box is not your box. Okay, you this is this is your box to build, but then you open up Instagram and you see their box. And because it's Batman, it's cooler, he has a much cooler voice, and you're like, I don't want to build Minecraft, I want to build Batman. I want to build Batman. And the problem is, is that this is your box, but you want to use your pieces to build something else that you don't even have the pieces for. You don't even have the pieces to build that, and yet you want to do that. And, and the problem with that is you guys have all been wonderfully and uniquely made by God. How many know that you've been uniquely and fearfully and wonderfully made by God? So, so why, 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 why would you try to copy someone else? If you're taking notes, write this down. Don't lose your originality to become a duplicate. Don't, don't lose your originality so that you could become a duplicate. I just want to look like them. I want to design it out like them. Do me a favor. Look at your neighbor and tell them this. Say, you are an original. Go ahead. Help me. Help me. And that, now, now give them some, now, now put a little sass on it. Say, so stop copying other people. So stop, stop copying other people. You are an original. So, so you know, you, you've, You've got your own box. God has given you your own unique print. Now, now, the second thing is not only is that box not your box, but their pieces are not your pieces. Their pieces are not your pieces. Even if you wanted to build your life after someone else's box, you don't have the pieces to build it. You, you want to build this, but you don't have the pieces to build this. And even if you tried, you would be frustrated. Even if you tried, you'd be disappointed. Even if you tried, here's what would happen. You would lose your peace over what you thought were missing pieces. Write that down if you're taking notes. You will lose your peace over what you thought were missing pieces. Why doesn't my life look like that? Why don't I have what they have? Why doesn't my marriage look like that? Because God didn't give you those pieces. You were not given the ingredients necessary in order to create that. And what will happen is you will lose your peace. In the month of December, a lot of people lose their peace because they're trying to buy for their kids what they see their neighbor buying for their kids. And, and, and you, you were doing good with your Christmas decorations until your girlfriend put up a picture of her Christmas decorations. And now there you are at Target at midnight trying to level up. You know what I'm saying? Like you were doing just fine. Until you looked at them. And here's what happens. And here's what you need to know. 
I believe anxiety personally is on the rise. Like, like there's a lot of studies that show why anxiety is on the rise, and, and we know that anxiety is on the rise. But I think a big reason for that is comparison. Because of social media and because of access that we have now that, that just did not exist in the 80s or the 90s. Where are my 80s, 90s kids at? Come on. I thank God I did not grow up with social media. I really do. You know what I mean? Um, but um, you, you, you didn't know your life was jacked. Never, never mind. Just kidding. Just kidding. But like, like you, you thought you were rich, you know what I mean? Because you just didn't have social media. You're good. Anyway, um, but, but what will happen is because we now have so much more access, we're constantly looking at other people's lives in comparison. And here's what you need to know. Comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. Have you, ever, have you ever been really happy with what you got until you looked at what your neighbor got? Come on, let's be honest. Have you ever been there before? I've been there before. I remember for my 40th birthday two years ago, my wifey, my beautiful wife, she let me buy myself a nice bike. And I had been biking for 10 years. I started cycling when I was 30. And my first bike I got for 300 bucks on Craigslist. Come on, somebody. You start somewhere. You know what I mean? And, and then I got another bike. But, but I wanted a bike. I wanted a, ni- I wanted a nice bike. I'm 40 years old. I'm a grown man. I'm going to get a nice bike. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want a nice bike. And so there I go. I get my bike. And I, I build it out. I, I do some customizations. Too. Oh, I'm super pumped about my bike. And it's an Italian brand of bike. It's called a Pinarello. And I'm talking about cycling, not a motorcycle, okay? So I've got my Pinarello bike. And I'm feeling good good about my bike and I remember one day I'm out I'm riding my bike and I'm feeling good about my bike and I come to a red light and here comes someone and they also got a Pinarello bike but theirs cost five thousand dollars more than my bike I was feeling good about my bike until I saw his bike he's like yeah I just got this I'm like I hope you crash I really do (laughs) coming up here flaunting flexing on me get out of here I'm just kidding I didn't think that but but how many I know what I'm talking about like like you were doing good until you saw your friends Okay, that's bikes. Let me talk about bags. Let me talk to the women in the room, right? You were doing good until you saw your coworker's bag, and you're like, wait a second. We got the same job and the same pay. I know you can't afford that bag. You got that bag on credit. I know you did. How dare you get that bag? Whatever it is, you were doing good. You were doing good until you compared yourself to what someone else had. And, and, And because comparison is the thief of joy, you need to know this. When you lose your joy, you lose your peace. When we lose our joy, we lose our peace. And, and this is why we've got to lean into this in the month of December, Lighthouse Church. We cannot allow ourselves to lose our peace because we lost our joy, because we're comparing ourselves. We're comparing our box with someone else's box. And, and, and I want you, to, I want you to, 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 to get what I'm talking about when I say peace. The, the, the Western definition of peace, the, the very American definition of peace is simply the absence of conflict. That's, that's what we think of. When we think of peace, we think of the absence of conflict. How many of you, how many of you remember this, this slogan that was made popular in the 90s? Peace in the Middle East. Y'all remember that? You guys remember peace in the Middle East? Because we were always in conflict with the Middle East. Uh, it was like the Bush's policy was that we would always be in conflict, both dad and son anyway. But like, like we were always in conflict. So it was like peace in the Middle East, right? And so I grew up hearing peace in the Middle East. And so the, the Western definition of peace is simply the absence of conflict. But the Bible's not a Western document. It is actually an ancient Eastern text. And the Old Testament, most of it is written in Hebrew. And in Hebrew, the word that they use for peace has a much deeper definition than the American word, okay? So in Hebrew, it is the word 
Shalom. Y'all heard that word, shalom? Okay. That's Hebrew, shalom. And that's the original word. We just say peace in the English language because that's the best definition. I mean, that's the best word that we got. But, but in the Hebrew, it's much deeper. It's, it's shalom. And here's where it's different, okay? Shalom doesn't just mean the absence of conflict. But here's what it is. Shalom means to be whole, to be complete, lacking nothing. It's not just the absence of conflict. Shalom, and, 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 and when in the Old Testament, when it said God wants you to have peace, it wasn't just I want you to get along with your neighbor. It was different. It was deeper. I want you to have wholeness in your life. I want you to have completeness in your life. The things in your life that are missing, I don't want them to be missing. I want you to have wholeness. That is shalom. Can you all say shalom? Shalom. And so there is a much deeper definition of shalom in the Bible that we need to get because when the Bible says that we're going to experience peace that passes all understanding, it's talking about that. It's not talking about the absence of conflict that passes all understanding. It's talking about you're going to have wholeness and completeness, and it's not going to make sense because you grew up in a broken home. You're not supposed to be that whole. You're not supposed to be that complete. You grew up and you didn't have a lot of money. You grew up on the wrong side of town. You're not supposed to be whole. You're not supposed to be complete. But when God steps into my life, he does what money can't do. He does what status can't do. He does what my parenting, my parents did for me. Like He does what they couldn't do for me. He brings wholeness and completeness that's why the bible says you need a peace that passes all understanding it's so much more than just the absence of conflict it's talking about god doing what no one nothing and no one else could do for you and you experience the peace of god through that so let me talk about the legos a little more because i like playing with legos so if i were to think about this for a second if i were to try and 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 build this all right with the, the pieces that I had, or let's say differently, if I tried to build this and I disregarded the manual and I just built with this, I said, okay, I'm going to build this. I'm not going to use the manual. I'm just going to use my pieces to build this. Chances are when you get to the end of it, you're going to have some leftover pieces because you didn't follow the instructions. Chances are when you're done trying to build it just by looking at the box but disregarding the manual, you'll be all done and you'll be looking at these extra pieces and you'll probably ask yourself, are these important? Are these important? And I think when we build our life by putting the manual aside, when we build our life by just looking and copying, you're going to have some missing pieces. And you're going to be incomplete in your life. And you're not going to have the shalom in your life. And it is only magnified when you try to build something else. It's even magnified when you're trying to use your pieces to build something else. Because even if I tried my best to use these to build that, when it's all said, I'm going to have a lot of pieces missing. There's going to be a lot of pieces that I'm supposed to have in my life that are now gone now now this is why it is so important that we consult the manual and 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 i'm talking about the lego manual um and and as an analogy for the word of god but but think about this for a second god think about this for a second The, the lego designer gives you the instructions the the person who designed this lego set gives you the instructions and says go ahead and 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 build it and i'm going to give you step-by-step instructions think about this for a second and the designer of our life the designer of heaven and earth he's also given us a manual and he's saying if you follow this you're going to experience wholeness and completeness in your life and so he gives us this manual how many think god that we have a manual 
How many of you thank God that, that he didn't leave us here to figure it out on our own, but he gave us something that we can read? And you know what else is amazing? He didn't just say, go get it done with your manual all by yourself. But look at your neighbor. You've got people around you in a faith community that are here doing this together with you. What I love is we don't have to do it alone. We can build our lives together. We've got support systems. We've got people we can worship with on a Sunday. We've got people we can talk to when things aren't going well. You can get into a small group here at Lighthouse church and you don't got to build your life all by yourself and that's what i love about it but 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 let me make one more analogy for you uh, I, what if what if when you were in the middle of building your lego set what if the the designer of the lego set included his phone number on the bottom where where he said listen if you get to this step and you are stuck call me and, I, and i'll walk you through the steps we'll get on facetime and i will walk you through what you need to do in order to build that lego set that'd be a pretty incredible designer right where where not only do they put a manual in your hands but they give you a number it's like hey yo call me facetime me we get this thing figured out and we get that with our creator because not only does he give us a bible which is our manual and not only does he give us a church other people to build together with but whenever we're stuck whenever we're confused whenever we're lost whenever we don't know what to do we can pick up a phone which is called prayer and we can communicate with our designer and we can ask him what do i do i'm stuck i don't know where to go i don't know where to turn what do i do in this situation you have direct access to the designer of your life. Come on, somebody give him praise for that. You, you, you've got direct access. And, and so here, let, let me just punctuate this. What this lets me know is now, together with his word and the fact that I can get a hold of him anytime I want to, I have everything that I need to be whole. I have everything I need to be complete. I have everything I need so that there is nothing missing in my life. I don't need to look at what my neighbor is doing. I don't need to look at what my coworker is doing. If they got a nicer bike than me, praise God. They got a better bag than me. Praise God. I'm going to do what God called me to do. I'm going to build my life with the pieces he gave me so that I can experience his peace, his shalom in my life. I, I don't have to worry about competition. I, I'm not in competition with anyone. I, I'm cheering you on. Joe, I'm cheering you on. Patty, I'm cheering you on. Bobby, I'm cheering you on. I just need to run my race with the pieces that I've been given, doing what God has called me to do. Come on, give God some praise for that. That's the only thing I've got to do. I'm coming to a close. Let me take it back to the 10. We opened up this sermon today talking about the 10 lepers. So let me come back to the 10 lepers. So the 10 lepers, I want you to get this in this story, and I want you to understand the context. When we see these 10 lepers that were, they were in this village, the, we learn through the scriptures that whenever someone was suffering with leprosy, they were not allowed to integrate with the rest of the village or town or, or, or wherever they were living at. Um, that they were not allowed to integrate with the community. If you had leprosy, that was seen as God's judgment on an individual, and you were told to go stay outside of the town. Okay? It's like you cannot live here. You go outside of the town. Could you imagine today? If every time we got sick, we got told we had to leave San Diego, could you imagine, like, you get a skin condition and you're like, sorry, you're going to get to stay here in San Diego. Like, go to El Centro or something. You can come on back when you're clean. You know what I mean? It's like, just go. Sorry, El Centro. I know I pick on you a lot. But it's like, could you imagine? But that's what they were going through. It's like, you can't stay here. You got to go. Can you imagine the drama and the trauma that they had to deal with when that happened? So, so they're on the outskirts 
of the village, all right? They're outside. They've been, they've been marginalized and sent away. And they hear that Jesus is in town. And, and so the Bible says that they start calling out to him. There's that Jesus, have mercy on us. Everybody say mercy. Notice the words. They didn't even say, come and heal me, which you would think they would say, could you come and heal me? They didn't say that. They said, Jesus, have mercy on me. Why? Because their belief was that their exterior condition, the leprosy, it was judgment for sin in their life. So when they said have mercy, they knew that if God would have mercy on them, then they would, then immediately their leprosy would go away. Because again, if the leprosy was judgment, mercy was removing the sin, was removing the, re- removing the situation that got them into that condition anyway. So the lepers are crying, Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus responds. Jesus says, okay, go to the priest. Go to the priest. And uh, the reason they did this is because in the Old Testament, if you had leprosy, you could not reintegrate into society until the priest said you could. Again, why? Because leprosy was not so much a physical condition as it was a spiritual condition. Now, I know there's a lot of priests and, and pastors that pretend they're doctors and they're not, but, uh, but it was very clear. If, if you, you want to reintegrate into society, you go present yourself to the priest. And so they, these 10 men, as they are walking to the priest, the Bible says that all of a sudden they, they're healed and their outside condition begins to change. And all of a sudden what was on the outside, the, the stigma's gone. And and they don't even get to the priest yet. They've, they've not even arrived yet. And the Bible says that one of them had enough sense as he's walking towards the priest. He's like, I'm healed. And he, he runs back to Jesus, throws himself at Jesus' feet. And Jesus asks, and I'm paraphrasing in the 2020, 2020, 2022, he asks, where's your friends at? Where are they? There was 10 of you. Where are the rest of them? And, and in that moment, you see this picture that the other nine were content just to receive healing. And what he does with that one is he says, get up and go. Your faith has made you whole. Everybody say whole. Whole. Shalom. Completeness. He, he said, you know what? The other nine, they were healed. But what you're going to receive is I'm going to make you whole again. I'm going to bring completeness to your life again. Think about this for a second. All of the trauma, all of the drama, the stigma, the insecurity, the anxiety that they had been living with, just, just, just having to separate from your family and told to go live over there. You, you're not good enough to be here. And, and imagine for a second, you don't even know what you did. You Somehow you got this skin condition and it's, and it's now connected to your spirituality. And you're like, I don't even know what I did to get here. Could you imagine having to live outside the city? That's going to do something to you. That's going to that's gonna give you some trauma. You're going to be dealing with some PTSD from that situation. And when that man came back, he made him whole. Meaning he took away the pain. He took away the hurt. He took away the anxiety. He took away the insecurity. He took away the PTSD. He said, be whole. And here's what happens. Shalom restores to our life what was taken through trauma. Shalom restores to our life. The peace of God restores to our life what was taken through trauma. So when you go through a traumatic experience, there's a piece of you that is removed. And and when you go through enough traumatic experiences, 
There's pieces that are just taken away from anxiety, fear, depression. And even when you come to Christ and you, you try to build your life again, you don't have all the pieces because your situation took those pieces from your life. And, and so we come to Christ not just for healing, but we stay on this journey until we are made whole again. We're going to stay here until God gives me everything back that I've lost. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to keep leaning in. I'm going to keep following him. And what I love is that we've got people that are getting baptized today. And these are people on a journey just like me. Just like me, as your pastor, it does not mean I am better than you. It just means I've just been on this journey a little longer than you. And, and, and so we are all on this journey together. And what I love about baptism is we have people that are making a decision today to go public with their faith, saying God has done something inwardly, and now I'm going to do something because there needs to be an outward display of what God is doing in my life. I thank God for that. I thank God for that. Does it mean that you're going to be perfect? Absolutely not. You, you, you may in the future say something you're like, oh, probably shouldn't said that. Oh, probably shouldn't thought that. Oh, probably shouldn't did that. But you're on a journey. You're on a journey. It doesn't condemn you. It just makes you human. Matter of fact, it just makes you a son or daughter of God. And the good news is we can get back up again and just keep on walking step by step in this journey to knowing Christ. All right? That's all that it means. That's all that it means. But, but what I love. And what I, what I really want you to get here today is that God desires wholeness for your life. And, and I think there are some of you that want that too. But you've had too many pieces taken from you. There's so much of life that has just taken your joy. It, 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 it's just taken your goodness. It, it's just robbed you of so many things. And if you allow God to work on you, if, if you, if you, again, if we pick up our manuals, okay, we're going to pick up our manuals. We're going to talk to the designer. I believe he's going to make you whole again. Could you imagine talking to a Lego designer and say, hey, you know, I'm at this page and I got this. Well, show me what you're working with. Oh, you're missing a piece. You know what? I'm going to overnight you a piece. You'll have it by tomorrow. You'll be able to fix that Lego set. That's just a simple analogy to what God does. You go to God. You say, God, I've I feel like some things are missed. And he reveals to you, you know, there was something that happened to you. We've not dealt with it yet, but if we can deal with it right now, I'm going to give you that thing back again. I didn't take it from you. The trauma took it for you, but I'm going to restore it to you. And I'm going to make you just the way that I designed you. Let's get ready for baptism. But I want to pray with you right there. Where Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? I'm going to ask our pastors to go ahead and meet me inside here and if you're getting baptized come on out over here as well for those of you that are getting baptized you just come over here to the uh your left side of that baptistry my right side and we're gonna have pastors there they're gonna help you but as they're assembling themselves i want to pray for everybody else okay so as they're assembling themselves let me talk to you here everybody here we're gonna pray together and i'm gonna pray that god would begin to restore to you the things that trauma took from you I'm going to pray that God is going to restore to you the pieces that disappointment took from you. I'm going to pray that God restores to you the pieces that the enemy took from you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over your church right now. I pray over every man, woman, and child. God, I pray for wholeness in this place today. I pray for healing, not just of the body, but I pray for healing of the mind.
I pray for healing of our spirits and souls. God, we need to be complete in you. That's our desire. I pray, God, that this holiday season that we would be reminded that you are the Prince of Peace, meaning you bring wholeness and completeness. You bring shalom to our lives. If we would ask, if we would seek, if we would desire. So now, God, we lean in and we say, Father, would you make me whole again? Father, would you make me complete again? Father, would you restore everything that the enemy has taken from me so that I can become the man or woman of God that you've called me to become? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, let's clap our hands real big as we get ready to celebrate baptism. I'm going to have you stand up to your feet if you're able to. And I'm going to say a prayer before we start baptizing them. Hang with me for just one second. I'm going to say a prayer. We're going to pray over them. And then one by one, we're going to baptize them. And as we baptize them, we want to celebrate them. If you're family, you can move in and get closer if you want to. That's totally okay. But let's pray over them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for these people that are getting baptized. We thank you for the work that you are doing in them. We pray for life change. We pray for healing. And we pray for wholeness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.